Rick Show. Which team by slogan, commitment to excellence. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT the Brick. JT on Raider Nation Radio. Good to hear everybody today. Good to be back. A lot happening in the Raider Nation. A lot happening. And we're brought to you by Ihole, the award-winning tequila from Tequila, Mexico. The word Ihole is a traditional Mexican expression of excitement or surprise. It's a feeling you'll taste with this great tequila as they deliver an exceptional, authentic experience in each bottle around the world. And if you've been watching the Golden Knight games, you see it right there on the glass, H-I-J-O-L-E, Ihole. Thrilled that they are our tequila partner here on Raider Nation Radio. So as I've been talking about over the last couple of days, last night on my national show, didn't get a chance to be on here yesterday. We're back on. Everything's good today. Bobby's got the show humming, and we love it. There's not many things that fascinate me or surprise me anymore in sports talk radio. Coming up on 25 years, Memorial Day is my 25-year anniversary. Very important to me because we're on the radio for 25 years. And every topic, steroids with bonds, Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, whatever it is, LeBron James, we've covered it, Michael Jordan, these are all big, big legacy topics. And I always say on the radio for me, I'm a legacy guy. I care about legacy with athletes and teams and where they stand in the history of sports. And I don't think I've seen anything more fascinating, and I mean this. I'm not exaggerating than Tim Tebow. Yesterday, the announcement that Tim Tebow planning to sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars to play tight end, and the internet almost broke. And when it came, it came kind of as a surprise for me because I'm not in that world of the Jaguars or Ohio State and Urban Meyer and the Gators with Tebow and the success that he had there. So a lot of people didn't see this coming. And what happens now in sports radio, this is a very important point. When radio hosts and shows don't see something coming and they get caught off guard, what they do is they go to the lowest common denominator. We call it the low-hanging fruit. And they just look around at each other and go, okay, it's Tebow, Tebow, Tebow. Go to the Tebow file. What's the Tebow file say? And then they do the same show on Tebow that they did a year ago, 10 years ago to me, and it's painfully obvious that this happened yesterday. And everybody talked about Tim Tebow. So I went to Facebook, and I'd like you to follow that page if you can, JT the Brick, Facebook and Twitter, the same Twitter handle. And this is what I wrote about Tim Tebow. I said he's expected to sign for the opportunity to play tight end for the Jaguars, and the internet broke. He's an incredible human a two-time national champion, Heisman Trophy winner, and played in the NFL for the Broncos, in which he won a playoff game in the Jets. He also tried to play Major League Baseball but couldn't get out of the minor leagues. What's most amazing is what he does for others. He donates millions of dollars to charity and raises millions more. He helps those with special needs and is always volunteering his time to great causes. He's also succeeded as a broadcaster and a motivational speaker. He's never been in trouble and puts his faith first. Pretty impressive, but so many people criticize him for no reason. I'm talking no reason other than jealousy or where their college football passions reside. All of the social media trolls who attacked this guy wouldn't have the guts to say it to his face. If they did, Tebow would smile and engage in a pleasant conversation. 
I've been on the radio for a long time and I've never seen anything like this. His family and faith come before sports and all he wants to do is compete for a roster spot and many question his sincerity. Really? Look in the mirror if you have questions about Tim Tebow. I don't care if he makes the Jaguars roster or not, but I respect his passion for life and ability to help others. So I threw that up on Facebook and then later in the day on Twitter, and I pinned it on my Twitter profile, got a lot of reaction to this. Let me explain this for those who still don't get it. Tim Tebow is a better. He's better than the majority of all humans. Better person, athlete, and he gives back with more uh, charity work than some NFL players and teams combined. Get it now? He's special. So stop being so jealous and let him play. And I went on to tweet about Tim Tebow for most of yesterday. I was really fascinated by this topic. I really thought it was an important topic for us to talk about today on Raider Nation Radio because people don't understand Tim Tebow and they make it personal. So let's examine that for a second. Why is Tim Tebow such a lightning rod? And I think we can carry this to life. And it could be a life lesson for all of us as I screw up five times a day before breakfast and try to get better. The biggest issue with Tim Tebow is his faith. He's very religious. And he talks about his faith all the time. That polarizes people. But what it does is millions upon millions, not hundreds of thousands, millions of people have his same faith. And they love him for that because he's one of the people that encourages people to talk about their faith. I don't talk about my faith enough on the radio because I don't think you want to hear that. You want to hear about sports, and I try to stick to sports. But when an athlete in any sport thanks God after a victory, points to the sky, gets on their knee in prayer, and, and does something like that, I think it's great. What's more important than your faith? It's usually more important than sports, faith and family. So athletes do this all the time. But Tim Tebow does it really all the time, and some people aren't comfortable with it. You see, some people aren't comfortable with other people's faith. So if you're Muslim, Jewish, Buddhist, Catholic, Christian, whatever your faith is, I've always been a fan of people talking about their faith whenever they want as athletes. We just spent the whole year with African-American basketball players talking about Black Lives Matter after the killing of George Floyd. I had no problem with that. Why would I? This is what they want to talk about. It's a priority to them. If they want to talk about their faith after the game, I don't have a problem with that. But with Tebow, everybody seems to judge him. So that's number one. Number two, he was a brilliant football player in college. So the bar was set so high for Tebow in college as he won two national championships and a Heisman Trophy and all those SEC honors. He's one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time. When he shows up in the Heisman room, with Jim Plunkett, Doug Flutie, go down the list, Steve Spurrier. When Tebow walks in, he has finer credentials as a college quarterback than most of the Heisman winners. Fact, not fiction. So everybody thought he was supposed to be great in the pros. He doesn't have to be great in the pros. You can win a college championship and never play in the NFL and still be a great human being. But everybody judges Tebow. He tried to play baseball. He was a better baseball player on a lot of people's front, than Michael Jordan. He was. Better arm, better fielder, for hit for power. Jordan wasn't very well. People criticized Jordan. They criticized Tebow. Tebow also is a very 
good broadcaster. When he goes on TV, ESPN, SEC, whatever he does, he's very good at that. Okay, he's a motivational speaker. He motivates people, not only in his church, but when he speaks, he gets paid a lot of money to motivate people. He's a master motivator. I was, in the, I was at the Oakland Coliseum when he played the Raiders on the sideline, watching him in real time sprint by me. It was pretty impressive. He won a playoff game against Pittsburgh. How long have the Raiders been waiting to win a playoff game? Okay? So Tim Tebow's had a lot of success. And now everybody thinks he's getting a gift, a handout from Urban Meyer. He doesn't care about that. Tebow just wants to make the world better. And he wants to accomplish goals. You see, I think we're losing track with that. When I was a kid, my dad asked me to write down my goals. And he was tough. And he wanted to look at my goals. And he understood when he said something, I had to do it. I try to do that with my sons. I always ask them when when we're in a private spot, what are your goals? What do you want to do? I'm always encouraging them to try to be better. And that's all that Tim Tebow does. Tim Tebow also holds a national prom for young people with special needs. How incredible is that? Who does that? Nobody. Tim Tebow does. And he shows up in a tux and kids with special needs have a prom and he donates his money for that and raises money. Who else does this? I don't know anybody who does this. So he's incredible. He's an amazing human being. And still, yesterday, people on ESPN, Fox, everybody ripping him like he's a failure and it won't work. Look in the mirror if you're ripping on Tim Tebow. This is a pure example of the sewer that is social media. There are a lot of people who are anonymous but attack Tim Tebow on social media and just can't say, hey, Tim, congratulations. You're trying to play tight end. I don't think you'll do it. I don't think personally he's going to be able to do it. I don't think he'll make the roster. But, hey, congratulations on doing this. There are some people that think that this is a publicity stunt. Like Tim Tebow hasn't proved enough to you over the decades that he's not into that. Ben Affleck dating J-Lo, that's a publicity stunt, okay? Putting J-Lo back in his life as Jennifer Garner, his ex-wife, got to tell the kids, yeah, dad's coming over or he's not coming over. He's on vacation with J-Lo. That's a publicity whore looking for all that. That's not Tim Tebow. But Tim Tebow got more heat yesterday than Ben Affleck did for the news on TMZ. So this doesn't get my blood to boil. I just want to know from you, what's your problem with Tebow? The guy's not going to play quarterback. You don't think he can play tight end? Well, I would argue that. I think he could. I think that Tim Tebow can line up and block someone. I think he can run a five-yard or an eight-yard in or out route. I think he could catch the ball, run. But maybe he's going to be brought in by Urban Meyer to electrify that locker room and training camp and get some of the young players highly motivated to play at a higher level. And what is wrong with that? All the time before the national championship game, Auburn, will bring in, or another team, Charles Barkley will come in and speak the night before a national championship game. Tony Dungy will come in and speak to a team before a national championship game. And those guys aren't Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is special. He wants to play football and try to accomplish another goal. Who cares? He married a supermodel. He married a supermodel beauty queen. Everything the guy's done, he gets criticized for. So I didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday on Raider Nation Radio, but I talked about it last night, and it was pretty much my whole show. And the majority of the people that call in who are not anonymous, right, they have a name, they call in, they say great things about Tebow. 
And then there's an underground of people who are anonymous that ripped the guy, I believe, mostly because of his faith and the fact that he thinks he's a failure because he wasn't Tom Brady. There's only one Tom Brady. Okay, if Derek Carr doesn't win a, a playoff game, he's not a failure in life. He, Derek Carr's had a tremendous life. He's also a faith-based guy who's always talking about his faith, which I find refreshing. And I don't see anything and any downside there. There's a lot of similarities between Carr and Tebow as human beings. And they get a lot of criticism. And Carr gets a lot of criticism from his home fans, Raider fans. He doesn't get as much nationally as Tebow. So I just wanted to get that off my chest today and bring that up. And if you got an opinion on why Tim Tebow isn't popular or why you don't like him or why you think he's great, I'd like to hear from you. 702-365-9200. It's a big national story today. Sorry, it's bigger than Raiders minicamp. Is Tim Tebow going back to the Jaguars? Now, I don't think he's going to make the team. I'd be surprised if he did. I would. I, I don't think he's, he can play at the level of Waller, Kelsey, the great tight ends. But can he mentor Trevor Lawrence for a month or two? Can he play in a preseason game? Sure he can. Sure he can. And people should embrace that because he's a human being trying to accomplish a new goal and motivate other people, which he does as good as anybody. As you can tell, I'm a big Tim Tebow fan, not because he played for the Broncos and not because he played for the Florida Gators. I'm a fan of his because of what I've seen him do. He's from the St. Augustine region. My in-laws live there. I knew about him when he was in high school. I knew about him in high school, and I followed his whole career, and I've been very impressed. He's not in the back of a police car. He's not getting DUIs. He's not getting in fights. He's Tim Tebow. So he made a lot of news yesterday that I wanted to talk about today. I'd love your reaction to this. Don't worry. John Gruden's not going to bring him in if he gets cut by Jacksonville to play special teams. But he's friends with John Gruden, and I think they have a great friendship because Tebow... He's that type of person. People like being around him. And when I met him at a Super Bowl and met him the following night out at a restaurant, I never saw a restaurant get so excited, literally, for a guy who walked into the room. He brings people together. And yesterday, the reaction to me was sickening. Give it a break. Say something positive about the guy. And if you don't have anything positive to say, he is the pure definition that if you live in a glass house, don't throw a stone at Tim Tebow. Look it up. 702-365-9200 brought to you by Remy Martin. Remy Martin team up for excellence. Whenever I'm talking X's and O's, Remy Martin in the sidecar. The drink that I'm telling you, get a Remy Martin sidecar next time you go into the Raiders Tavern and Grill. That back bar is the Remy Martin bar. Tell them JT sent you. I'll be over at that beautiful New Raiders Tavern and Grill tomorrow after the Mike Davis memorial service, one of the great legendary Raiders, as we say goodbye to him tomorrow here in Vegas, and then hopefully connect with a couple of fans. Uh, next week, the end of this week, I'm in New York to go see my mom and dad. little time off here before Coaches versus Cancer next week with Lon Kruger on Monday and Tuesday. So I'll be here tomorrow. Schedule releases after I get off the air. Then I'll be back mid-next week to talk about the schedule, the road trips, the excitement in the Raider Nation right here on Raider Nation Radio.
Again on the shotgun, slot to the far side. Tebow keeps it himself. He heads for the end zone. He dives, and he is in. Touchdown. JT back with you in studio by the miracle of Bobby Machado. Hope everybody's doing well. Let's get a phone call going or something. Everybody ready to go or what? Or should I take two weeks off and then come back during Raider season? Let's wake up the Raider Nation as we got a lot to cover here today. 702-365-9200. We're on the Raiders app. We're in the building. Bobby, what is this for me and you? First time in the building together with this plexiglass since when? Last October. Interesting. Interesting. Thank God the lights were green when I raced here, which was unique, and we'll keep that in-house here. I think everything's working today. I think the phones are working. We'll see. We can only I, – I, I'm not a psychic. I don't know. But we'll see if we got everything up and running today at 702-365-9200. As it's gr- great to be back in studio today to see Bobby. I see Bobby, but it's good to be back at work here today. As tomorrow is the schedule release, I wish it came out before the show. I wish it came out before the show so we could break it down because I'm heading out of town for a few days. Here's what I recommend everybody do. Uh, do tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow is a very important day for everybody to have their app opened for their airline, hotel room, and, and just start booking. If you want to go on a Raider road trip, you know, the kings of the Raider Nation know how to do this. We should have actually Gorilla Rilla on to tell everybody how to do this because the schedule comes out, then you quickly – Quickly have to call the airline, pick the game you want to go to, because there's some Raider fans who go to every road game, which is amazing. I don't know how you do it, but they do. But there's a lot of Raider fans this year from out of market, Oakland, for example, that are coming to Vegas to see games, so they won't be able to travel on the road as much as they have in the past. So when I look at the schedule in advance, they, they you know, we'll know about it tomorrow before the show ends, possibly. But the NFL does a pretty good job in the Raiders at not leaking the schedule in advance. So I'm sure Vinny will talk about it on his show. And I'll get to Vinny Bonsignor coming up here uh, in a minute. I would like to know what, what game do you want to go to the most? Because I won't be able to talk to you about this till next week. What is the Raider game on the schedule that you want to go to most on the road schedule coming up here? For me, it's the Charger game. Yes, Bobby, for me it's the Charger game because SoFi Stadium is so plush and grand, and I think the Raiders can really embarrass the Chargers. The Raider fans can really embarrass the Chargers and Dean Spanos badly if they get their hands on all the tickets. I'm not talking some of the tickets. I'm talking all the tickets. The luxury boxes. That's an expensive place. SoFi Stadium is not Jack Murphy Stadium anymore or that little tiny soccer stadium that we know in Carson where Raider fans took it over. This is big. This is where the Super Bowl will be played this year. So if the Raider Nation can get all the Charger tickets quickly, because remember, Charger fans sell their tickets to Raider fans for multiple reasons. Number one, they're just intimidated. Not They just don't want to be around Raider fans. So if you're a season ticket holder for the Chargers and you can say to yourself, I can sell my tickets to the Raider fans, not go to the game and watch it at home and go to the beach, they all do it. Which Raider fans should not do that. There are going to be Raider fans, unfortunately, that sell some tickets here and there. But they should not be doing that in general when it comes to you know, selling Las Vegas tickets. That should never happen. They should not. You should not sell your Las Vegas Raiders tickets to Charger fans or Bronco fans. That, to me, is despicable. 
That, to me, is despicable. That is at the lowest rung of being a Raider fan. If you knowingly sell your tickets to Kansas City fans and you go do that, if you do that, that's pathetic. I tell you that to your face. But Charger fans are going to do it. Charger fans are going to do it, and they're going to get involved with this process. Mark my word. So that, to me, is the biggest Raider game. Because last year the Raiders won in Los Angeles against the Chargers on a batted ball in the end zone to win that game, and there was no one in the building. There's no one in the building. Imagine if there were 60,000 Raider fans. So that is a big game that I'm excited about. And then as we look at the rest of the schedule, which I'll talk about, we don't have the dates for them and the time. My big takeaway for tomorrow's schedule release is that the league owes the Raiders primetime games. They owe us that, Vegas. So what do I mean by that? Last year, they flexed us, the fans, out of the Tampa Bay game because of COVID. Remember that? That game was going to be Tom Brady on Sunday night, and they moved it. And they did it because of COVID. Okay, they screwed the Raiders. They didn't have to move that. The game still was played. I was there. The game was played. I was there in the building. Brady had five combined touchdowns, one on the ground, four in the air. So they owe us a Sunday night game. The Drew Brees Monday night game where Mrs. Davis lit the torch. Beautiful night. No one in the building. So they owe us a Monday night game. So there's a lot of things that Roger Goodell owes Mark Davis and the Raiders when it comes to the schedule. Now, unfortunately, the Raiders' schedule is not as impressive as it was last year in regards to marquee games. It's just not. Because last year you had Tom Brady in the building. You had Phillip Rivers in the building. You had Drew Brees in the building. It was pretty incredible. And that's not going to be the case this year. So the home opponents this year are the division games, obviously. And then you have Baltimore, Cincinnati, Miami, Chicago, Philadelphia, and Washington. So as you can tell, I'm very passionate about this topic. I love the schedule. It's one of my favorite things. And so the Kansas City game at home for the Raiders could be one of two games. It could be Sunday night football or Thursday night football. They tend to give the Raiders the Charger game on Thursday night football. So let's assume the Raiders are going to get a home game, national game, Thursday night. That's one national game. Looking at the home schedule because they owe us games, and I want to talk about this at 702-365-9200. What national game do you want at home? It's Baltimore, Cincinnati, Miami, Chicago, Philly, and Washington. For me, it's got to be Baltimore. Baltimore is the best team to come in and play in Las Vegas this year other than Kansas City. So Kansas City is the biggest game. They could give us that on Sunday or Thursday night. And then Baltimore is the second biggest game, and that could be Monday Night Football. Raiders on Monday Night Football, Baltimore. And I don't know any of this. Then if you look at Philadelphia and Washington, those are really important games because no matter what the schedule says, I'm giving the Raiders those two wins. I'm not in the business of predicting games. Last year I said 9-7, and seven, and they should have won 10. It was 8-8. Eight and eight. I was off by a game. This year, I'm definitely going to pick nine games. I'm not going to do what Las Vegas is, and I'm not going to take the under on this. But in order for the Raiders to accomplish their goals this year, they have to win at home against Washington, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, 
which I think those are all games they have to win. I think the Chargers at home is a win. That's four. That's four games right now at home. And then you can look at Chicago. You can try to figure out Kansas City. You know, I'm, not, I'm not in the business of predicting wins against Kansas City. Come on. If it happens, it happens, but you're not going to predict that game. And then Denver, if Denver gets Aaron Rodgers, that becomes really a unique thing. And, and oh, by the way, I haven't talked to you in a couple of days. I'm convinced Denver's getting Aaron Rodgers. Okay? I'm convinced. I don't know what the other guys on the channel say. I'm just giving you my opinion. I'm convinced he's going there. Maybe I'm paranoid. I don't know what to tell you. Now, let's take a look at the Raiders on the road. Denver, Kansas City, and the Chargers. All right, so we got that. They're on the road to Cleveland. They won in a snowstorm. Cleveland's not good. They're great. Cleveland's roster's better than the Raiders, period. But I think the Raiders can win that game. Carr plays great. Then they play at Dallas. I have no idea. I'm hoping the Dallas game, I don't think the Raiders are, but there's a chance that could be Thanksgiving. There's a chance that could be the Thanksgiving game. Raiders there. I hope I'm wrong. I was born on Thanksgiving. Okay, I know a lot about Thanksgiving more than most people. Uh, everybody forgets my birthday, number one, because they're all worried about eating. And, you know, teams don't want to play on Thanksgiving. They don't want to. You want to travel. You want to be with your family. The Raiders play at the Colts, which is going to be tough, but Carson Wentz could have a bad game. The team of my youth, the Giants, I think the Raiders could win that game. And at the Steelers, and I don't think the Steelers are great. You're catching Ben Roethlisberger. Do you know how good the Raiders have been against Roethlisberger in Oakland? Raider fans understand that. Now the Raiders will get Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh with an aging, aging old man. Old man Roethlisberger. Old man. Old man. You're not facing Roethlisberger in a Super Bowl prime. Okay, And so that's a game that I like the Raiders to go on the road and shock the world. So I'd like to know your prediction for the schedule tomorrow. Because we're only going to be on tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to be on the show, but I'm going to Mike Davis's celebration of life, the legendary Raider who passed away, two-time Super Bowl champ. And then the schedule's going to come out after that, and I'm gone to New York for a few days. So I'm trying to get ahead of the schedule here, and I got no inside information. Just trying to get your opinion on this. 702-365-9200. Phones must work. Here's Dion in Vegas. How are you, Dion? How you doing, JT? Doing well. What's happening? Good, good. I got to let me bring a couple things up. Hopefully, I'm excited for every game because I am in the process of applying for anything from a bar back to a security guard to good. a guy that cleans. I want to. I want to be there every game. I definitely. I'm, hopefully, I'll see you there. You will. We'll be. Uh, we'll be doing I'll the be pregame show. We got some good announcements. So hope you get the gig you're looking for. Good luck with that. I hope so too. And then, and then another thing on uh, on. I'm glad you said what you said about Tebow because. Number one, half the battle is just being a nice guy in life. Mm -hmm. And he, he is a nice guy. If I had a daughter and she brought him home, I'd kick in for the ring. Perhaps because he's just, he's generally just a nice guy. You know, his yeah. face, his face, your face, my face. Yeah. The guy's generally a nice guy. Hey, Dion, that, that Dion, Dion, I got a lot in common with Tebow. I'm really well liked when people meet me in person, and I'm disliked with trolls on the internet. So I have a lot in common with Tebow. Everybody who meets me and hangs out with me loves me, but the people who don't know me on the internet question me. So that's my involvement with Tebow. Continue. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like when people want to borrow money. I'm, I'm, the, I'm everybody's yeah, friend, I guess. Now, you know what, though? Let me just make a point before I go, and... and you know, the Raiders show, and I didn't grow up. I, I mean, I've been living here 35 years, more than half mm. my life. But I'm an Eagles fan. But I'm yeah. from Philly. But if, if I may say this, the, your, 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 your show is a sports show, but you got me into, into, into following the Raiders. I follow the Raiders next to the Eagles. I follow them now. 
Good. I love this whole station. And and at night, I, what I started to do, if people don't know this, about your sports show at night on on uh, Mad Dog, yep. I, I just found that by, you know, because I, I listen to my Sears radio all night. Mm-hmm. It plays all night. I got it on now. I listen to you and repeat. It's a great sports show. Thank you. Not just football, everything. Well, I appreciate it. That's a nice okay, compliment. Buddy. Keep calling the it. show. That show I do at night's my big show. I've been doing it now with Sirius after almost 18 years at Fox, and I'm really proud to be working here for Raider Nation Radio and to do that show every night. So when some people not don't hear me here for a day, I'm still on the radio a lot of hours, and I like it, and being on Sirius XM is fun, and I try to bring some of the elements of that show. If we get a good interview with someone who I can't get on this channel, we'll give you a little of that cross-pollinization of both those shows here, but we like to talk sports. Speaking of the Eagles, it's the only team that I passionately root against. And when the Eagles play here, when the Eagles play here, my brother-in-law, who's, in a, who's a diehard Eagle fan, wants my tickets. And we're in a war right now because I'd, I don't want an Eagle fan and they will not be sitting in my seats. Not mine. They can go sit anywhere else. I'll, get my, I'll trade out tickets and put my brother-in-law in that building, but he won't be sitting in my seats in front of the Twitch Lounge, lower ball, baby. He'll be up top or he'll be meeting me for a beer. We got to keep the Eagle fans out of the building. We want the Eagle fans here. And how do we mean that? We want them going to Wet Republic. We want the Eagle fans going to our casinos. We want the Eagle fans to take over Vegas if they'd like. We just don't want them in the building with your tickets. Now, if the Eagle fans want to buy tickets and they're going to do it and they're going to buy your tickets, again, I am way against that topic. It's not my business to get into your wallet and what you're doing. But there better be some Raider fans that hold down the fort. Okay, because I know if there's 20,000 Eagle fans in the building, I, I don't give a crap. I'm there to do my show and to win the game. I'm not, I want people to visit Vegas because it's important to the stadium and the economy. But we want the majority, the majority to be the Raider Nation in the building. 702-365-9200. Andrew in Tucson on the Raiders mobile app. What's happening? It's a pleasure listening to you, man. I remember being like 10 years old listening to Tom oh. Flores with Larry King live and wait and being up till like 11 o'clock and my mom was tripping out and like, you got to go to bed, you got to go to school. I'm like, no, I got to talk to Tom Flores. So, you know, this is right up there with uh, talking to him is speaking with you right now. And I got to say that the NFL always seems to screw us on the schedule. We always end up starting the uh, season on the East Coast and then maybe having a home game in week two or three, and then flying back to the East Coast. And it's been, it's been uh, you know, legitimized that we travel more miles in the air than any other, any other team does. And it's year after year after year, and I think that needs to be addressed. And I just would love your, your take on oh, that. I think that's going to stop. Well, well, hold on. Hold on. Let me stop you there. It's going to stop because the Raiders are going internationally because they were leaving Oakland and didn't have Vegas. Now that the Raiders are in Vegas – they're going to get home game. We got nine home games, nine in Vegas. So I think the Mark Davis, the growth of the franchise financially, the stadium, the importance to the league, I don't think you're going to be seeing the travel as much. And we're not traveling from Oakland East. We're traveling from Vegas East. So that's going to cut down on it a little bit. So I think there are that, that's good news. I don't think you'll see the Raiders on the road like you've done the last couple of years, which was horrific all the traveling that they had to do from Ottawa when we went to, no, excuse me, Winnipeg to the game in the preseason. What a slap in the face that was. They didn't even play it. I remember that. It was the ADR game. And it just seems like we always, we opened up against, uh, you know, uh, Baltimore when they, when when the Ravens opened up and then the Titans, 
when they were a new franchise. You know, it just seems like the Raiders are always the punching bag for the league to send them on the road. Oh, you know, so, well, the, t- the schedule you know. on the road this year is very difficult because you got Cleveland, Dallas has got Dak. They're much better. Indy is a playoff team, I believe, with Carson Wentz. The Giants are not a playoff team, but vastly improved. And the Steelers are the Steelers. And then you, the Raiders got to go to Kansas City, Denver. They usually, you know, put a Denver winner game in there. And the Chargers are good. This Raider road schedule is brutal. I think the Raider home schedule is winnable. I think there are games there that are going to really decide the whole season for the Raiders, playoffs or not. They got to beat. You got to beat Cincinnati, the Dolphins. You got to beat the Bears with a brand new quarterback. You got to beat the Eagles in Washington. Have to, and then take two out of three against Kansas City, the Chargers, and Denver. I know those expectations are very high, which I just said here. But if you want to win nine games. Mike Mayock told me on this show a couple of weeks ago they were two and six at home, two and six. Well, a couple of those games, two of them, it should have been four and four. First and goal at the four with Mariota. First and goal at the four to win the game with Mariota. Thought that was a blown opportunity. And then the Miami game, the hit on the face of Ryan Fitzpatrick on the sideline hail mary was another win for the Raiders. Should have won that in regulation. Should have won it in overtime. That would have got them to four and four. And they beat New Orleans. And they beat New Orleans. There's no screwing around this year. You got to attack the schedule. You cannot be a playoff team. This team is vastly improved. Vastly improved, in my opinion. I'm not running around planting the flag saying this is a Super Bowl team. I've never done that. I picked the Raiders to win the Super Bowl once in my my 23rd season with the team. You know when I picked them to win the Super Bowl? The year after Del Rio went 12-4. and four. How'd that work out? Didn't work out well for me. So I'm not picking the Raiders to go to the Super Bowl, but working for the team, I'll pick them to go to the playoffs every year. If they're good, and I think they're a good team. Are they great? No. But they're not done yet. And they got, they got a chip on their shoulder. The way this national media is kicking them to the curb every chance they get, if this kid, Alex Leatherwood, isn't the most motivated player to come into the NFL this year, I don't know who is. Stoner dude, checking in. How are you? JT, hey, welcome back to the studio. First of all, you and Bobby, it's so cool that you guys are hanging out, getting the band back together. Yes. And uh, you know what? I want to talk about uh, Tim Tebow in the draft a little bit. First of all, I liked your monologue a lot about Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. I think we're all, most of us anyways, or a lot of us listening right now are defined by our spirituality and our faith and what we believe in. And I admire Tim Tebow because he's a man of faith and he walks the walk and he does have all the, the great character uh, qualities that you defined earlier in the show. And you know, right now I am watching Jacksonville. I mean, they got their coach. You know, they got their, their number one ticket quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. They got my defensive tackle that I wanted in J2 Fele. And you're bringing in the character of Jim Tebow to obviously help better that team. Um, you know, when it comes to our draft, JT, I called this show, and I, I think we all had a gut feeling that we would get a big uh, offensive lineman if Micah Parsons wasn't there. And lo and behold, we did. I know Walter Football.com called specifically Alex Leatherwood. So I watched him for a little bit before the draft. And I think he's a great player, and the bottom line is that the Raiders think he's a great player. But I called it on your show, too, JT. I said if you can move up in that second round to get a player that you want, 
specifically Trayvon Merrick, go get him. That's exactly what they did. I was stoked to see that. But you know what I'm really stoked about, JT? Mm-hmm. We have a stoner on the team. We got Dylan Stoner, from the wide receiver <laughs> from Oklahoma State. I hope either him or Garrett Groshep, the running back, or uh, Trey Rogas, hopefully one of these dudes can at least return kicks because they can't stand another season watching Hunter Renfro getting smashed over yeah. there uh, trying to return kicks, JT. That's all I got today. Music is Live music is back, JT. I got Hey, when are you at Vamps? When are you playing at Vamps? When are you playing at Vamps again? We and Bobby want to get out there and see you play. When's a, when's a good weekend? I appreciate that, JT. I just played there for my first time in a year last weekend with a band called Jason Walker and the Majestic 12. Um, I got more books on, uh, shows on the books here. I'm doing a few shows out of town okay. this uh, weekend, but more's coming, and you'll be the first one to know when it does. Me and Bobby will be there. We will be uh, exit stage left watching you play when you <laughs> let us know. Okay, buddy? Right on, dude. Thanks, Have dude. a good one, man. Later. Stoner dude checking in. Breaking news. Breaking news. The Oakland A's will start exploring relocation possibilities after Major League Baseball suggested the organization consider moving to other cities if the Howard Terminal Station proposal is not approved. And that means that Las Vegas, Las Vegas is a front runner to get Major League Baseball. All right, let me be very careful in what I say here. Let me be very careful, okay? I watched what the A's did to the Raiders. And that's just an opinion. You could have a different opinion up there. The 10-year lease up there, I was a big part of that because I was on the radio up there, and I was privy to a lot of information. I like the A's, and I like their fans. A lot of them are Raider fans. So I don't want to alienate A's fans because they're Raider fans. I don't want Major League Baseball in Vegas. I've lived here since 96. A lot of people don't realize that because we can't support baseball in Vegas. We can support the NBA. We can support hockey. We can support the Raiders. You throw a baseball team in, and on a Tuesday night in a dome because it's 111 degrees, the Tigers are in town for three nights, no one will go. They will go, but there's not enough money around in this town for everybody to have season tickets to all of it. So if, the, if Major League Baseball comes here, would I support it? Well, I don't support teams that typically move. I support expansion teams like the Golden Knights. The Raiders are a different story for obvious reasons with our association with the Raiders. So if the A's come here, the moral of this story is no politicians in sports are worse than Oakland. No team is full of crap more so than the A's. The only thing the A's live up to is their promise to give everybody root beer floats. If you want a root beer float, you can get a great root beer float at an A's game. They're great at root beer floats. They're so good at root beer floats. It's the best root beer float I ever had. That's the only thing that they say is we have root beer float day. And come on out and I get a root beer float. But they say we're going to build the new stadium and they lie. They lie. They lie. Now, for whatever reason, I was put on this mass email list with the A's years ago. I thought it would go to spam because I still have AOL. No, I get, I get emails from the A's all the time about some new funky stadium that's going to be somewhere, and it's a lie. And I read the email, and I just laugh, and I hit delete. I probably have a 1,000 A's ballpark emails in my delete file. I'm not exaggerating. This A's team is so full of crap with the way they conduct their business. It's incredible to me. I like the players. I love the fans. I'm a Yankee fan. 
You never heard me rip the A's. The A's presented me with a beautiful jersey at the ballpark one day. I like the fans. The management and ownership are scoundrels. Scoundrels. And I like Billy Bean. Billy Bean just works with the limited budget his whole life. So do I want baseball in Vegas? No. No. I want more golf courses in Vegas. I want better schools. I don't cry about casino money. I don't gamble. I just want everybody to have a good time. But will we support Major League Baseball off the 15 at the old Rio site or the soon-to-be Rio site? No, it won't work. Okay, because I know sports, and I know apathy in sports, and I know that 35,000 people aren't going to race to a baseball game in Vegas on a Tuesday night when they have Little League and dinners and shows and all that. I know that to be true. Take it from me. I've been here longer than most people. But give it a shot because the A's are great at this crap. Malcolm Koontz is a guy that um, you, you guys haven't asked me about Koontz yet. And this guy at Buffalo has um, an innate skill and ability to rush the quarterback. And um, he's 6022. He's 249 pounds. He's got long arms. But when you see him rush the quarterback, he's got, he's got a real chance to, to do some things that are kind of cool and will help complement Ngakwe. Turn it up, Bobby. We got music today. People are excited. We're back in studio. I'll be back in studio tomorrow, then off to New York. Next Monday, Tuesday, I'm with Lon Kruger, Coaches versus Cancer, something I'm really proud to be associated with. So some charity work within the community with all of these Division I coaches will be in town from Roy Williams to all these A-list coaches that are in town with Lon Kruger. We got a big event at the Park MGM Sunday night, which I'll MC along with Sean Farnham from ESPN. Then a little bit of golf and another way to raise money. So there's a lot happening next week. I'll talk about it here. And we're also getting into the breaking news that the A's could be facing relocation issues. Uh, Dave Cavill, the president of the team, just put out an email moments ago. Let me read you the, this. This is big news because a lot of our listeners are A's fans. This comes from the president of the A's, who I repeat, I believe is full of crap every time he talks. Okay? So there's no, let me get that out of the way. Today, Major League Baseball instructed the A's to begin exploring other markets while we continue to pursue the Oakland Waterfront Ballpark Project. This is not an easy directive for our fans to hear. We believe in the vision we have presented for a waterfront ballpark. It's a project that will create jobs, housing, open parks, and countless community benefits for Oakland residents. And it will set the stage for more World Series titles for our fans. After four years of work, MLB is concerned with the rate of progress with local officials and other stakeholders on our new ballpark efforts. The time is here for a decision on our future. It's unclear to us and MLB whether there is a path to success for the A's in Oakland. Wow. Wow. Dave Cavill, president of the Oakland A's. Okay. They can't get anything done in Oakland. Just can't. Great people. Can't get anything done. Can't. Won't. It's politically triggered. 
It's out of control politically because the politicians don't know anything about sports and they don't care about sports. They don't. Their politics are so triggered that the politics get in the way of sports, which doesn't happen in Vegas. Because we know in Vegas that our education needs to be better, our hospitals need to be better, but we realize that sports doesn't affect that. We don't live in a fairy tale. We know that you can have stadiums and casinos and all good things, and then you got to fix your other things, that sports will not affect your hospitals and roads. But that's what, that's what the boogeyman says in Oakland. That's what the fearmongers in Oakland say. If we get a new stadium, your roads will suck. Your, your schools will stink. There'll be no money for this. It's all a lie. Never in my life have I seen a city collapse because of a sports team and the hospitals got better or worse because of a ballpark in Miami or a stadium in Kansas City. It's never happened, but that's fearmongering, and they do that all the time in the Bay Area. Sammy in Vegas. Thanks for waiting, Sammy. Go. Yo, JT, my brother, what's good? All good, Sammy. Good to hear you. All right, man. Hey, listen, I agree with you 1,000%. When I lived out there, man, the Oakland A's, all they did was make life miserable for the late Al Davis, may rest in peace, and Mark Davis. It was just incredible. At one point, Mark Davis was willing to sell 20% of the team to, to the A's so they could control the whole area and have state-of-the-art facilities. But no, Libby Shaft, the A's front office, Alameda County, that's all they did was just make life miserable for the Raiders. Hell, I remember listening to 957 The Game. All everybody talked about was about Mark Davis is in over his head. Mark Davis doesn't know what he's doing. Mark Davis is going to lose the team, blah, blah, blah. Well, look now. Now Oakland has no basketball team. No NFL team, and now they're going to lose their baseball team because they just don't know what they're doing. And it serves them well. They, they, they knew that they were making life miserable for Mark and company. I don't know why, but they made it miserable for him, and now they have nothing to show for it. As far as Tim Tebow goes, I'm all for it, man. I hope he makes a team, but I, I, whether he does or he doesn't, man, I think people like that, you know, disrespect him. That's all. Just respect him as a human being. Yeah, Tim Tebow, I'm happy we got a reaction from that in the monologue. Thanks for the call. When you look at Tim Tebow, if you have problems with Tim Tebow, you have a lot of problems with a lot of other people. That's a good way to, for me to just sum up this hour. If you have a problem with Tim Tebow, for whatever reason, I would hate to know who you really don't like. Right? There's, you're probably not very friendly with a lot of other people. All Tim Tebow does is get up every morning highly motivated to make really good decisions and help other people. So he wants to take up a roster spot on one of the 32 teams and people can't come to grips with that? I don't get it. I don't think he's going to make the Jaguars roster. I don't think he would. I think what he should have done is quickly became a fullback. He should have quickly bailed on being a quarterback and he should have became a fullback because I think he could block and blow open holes and do things like that. I think tight end, especially now, today, it's a very difficult position. Hey, we're brought to you by Bell Solar. If you're thinking about solar and you should in Vegas, it's a slam dunk. Bell Solar is the place to go. The official solar company of my show, and they're hiring. Go check out Bell Solar. Bell Solar.